Thanks for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Dominique Russell. In this episode, we're going to be looking at a really interesting research project which featured a unique form of team teaching. It's detailed in a paper published in the Australian Journal of Education and involved a one-year collaborative program between university academics, teachers and their students. The students were Year 10 gifted and talented students and attended St Matthew's Catholic School in Mudgee, which is in regional New South Wales. This program all started after a partnership developed between St Matthew's Catholic School and the University of Sydney. The aim of this partnership and the research project was to strengthen students' interest in science and skills in STEM. A key component involved classroom lessons which were team-taught with an academic and a classroom teacher. As you'll hear in this episode, the program involved a university academic team teaching a series of lessons in collaboration with the classroom teacher to cover statistical principles in science. Then the students visited the University of Sydney to spend time with researchers before travelling overseas to work on a research project with other researchers. All throughout this process, the university staff and teaching staff were working really closely together. And it's that collaboration that made this program so successful. In this episode, I'm joined by a co-author of the report, Professor Patrick Brennan from the University of Sydney, and Brooke Colley, a teacher at St Matthews who was involved in the research. They speak about how the collaborative nature of this research was really essential to strengthening students' STEM skills in areas like data analysis, experimentation and scientific writing. First, we'll hear from Professor Patrick Brennan, and I'll then take you to Brooke Colley. You'll hear Patrick and Brooke mention Dr. Louise Pusselnik, who's the science coordinator at St. Matthew's Catholic School and a co-author of this report. She wrote an article for Teacher on this same research, which I'll place in the transcript of this podcast, which you can find at teachermagazine.com.au. Let's jump in and hear from Professor Patrick Brennan. I'm a, I'm a professor of diagnostic imaging at the, in the Faculty of Medicine and Health at the University of Sydney. And I've been doing research around trying to enhance um, people's ability to find disease for around, um, I'd say around 20 to 30 years. Um, so um, I lead a, a, a number of researchers at all levels, senior researchers, right down to PhD students. Um, but it, be, it became apparent to me that we could do a lot of good in working with colleagues in high schools to try and encourage uh, younger people to have a real interest in science and to demystify the whole issue um, and worries that people have about studying science in universities. So I had a, um, a meeting, must be close to five years ago now, with um, Dr. Pew Slednik and, and Brooke Colley, who's also as part of this program. And um, we decided that why didn't I introduce um, some basic research um, concepts to the students, talk about my own research and so on. And from there, it's grown exponentially and organically in that we're now doing research in places like Hanoi, in, in, in uh, Trieste, in, um, and in, in other places. 
and, and I'm and I am so glad from my point of view I have all these wonderfully able willing students wanting to do research with me which is for us is, for, for us is gold dust and we have an opportunity then to see these students grow and at the end of the of the period they seem to have just a wonderful appreciation of science and that it's not a big deal that you know anyone can do it once they have um, a little bit of training and so on um, and it's just been a very very fruitful um, symbiotic uh, relationship mm, yeah to have it expand that that widely must mean it's wildly successful that's great to hear I'm interested then from an academic perspective why a partnership of this kind particularly when you are team teaching is so valuable well it's valuable on a number of fronts it's, and, and you can look at this either from the university perspective or from the school perspective from the university's perspective it's as I say it's it's invaluable to have keen students who are able who are motivated and who are led by um, teaching leaders such as Brooke, such as Lupius Lednik. Um, and there's a real desire to really understand this research and do research. It's not, you can't, it, teaching people how to do research, about, a bit like teaching people how to learn a language. You can't just teach them and expect them to suddenly be able to do it. They've got to apply it. And at the end of this program of study, the students, um, and this is, I think, the, the benefit for the students in the school is the students can really understand that science is not that difficult. It's not, it's, it's, it just requires familiarity with, with concepts and so on. Um, and at the end of it, you have them using statistics that I would have advanced or senior PhD students using. They're able to use those statistics. They're able to write papers that get published in the leading international journals that are as peer-reviewed as any other journal. They're really, really it's highly competitive journals. Um, they go and do a research with leading clinicians, a research study with leading clinicians, you know, whether it's in, in Asia, in Australia, in Italy, for example. Um, and they are capable, they can manage the project. I don't manage the project, I'm there, but they, they manage the project. And at the end of it, then they write this up, they provide the data and they write it up. And it's a proper, it's not a, it's not a pretend activity. This is real research that they engage in. And at the end of it, I think they have a lot of confidence. Um, um, they certainly are much more interested in science than they previously were. They're able to write better. They're able to analyze data that they would never have known how to analyze previously. Um, and they've just, it seems to me, they've just got a fondness of doing this sort of thing. And, and Dr. Puslevnik has actually measured the impact on the students of doing this type of activity. And she's published a paper on that. And it shows that those students who engage with this sort of activity um, improve significantly um, in, their, in their scores in other subjects and so on. Mm, yeah, so as you mentioned just there, I mean, in the paper describes that the lessons in the schools covered things like statistical data analysis, scientific writing and experimental design. So I'm interested then in how you actually went about in engaging with these classroom teachers and preparing the lessons on this topic. Was it a very collaborative approach? Oh, oh absolutely. The collab this doesn't work without a champion within the within school environments. And we had two very willing champions with uh, Dr. Pusednik and, and Miss Colley, um, it, it has to be a, 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 a very, very close collaboration. We're clear right at the beginning of the year what the objectives of this work is. And we make sure that the, the hours that I have with the students, both um, in the classroom and in the research environment, um, are ones that complement 
the whole activity and make sure that the um, the the objectives we have set are, are actually met. It won't work. It will absolutely not work without a close collaboration and a mutual agreement on what the students want to get out of it. It's not like a typical sort of school class that happens every week uh, for a particular term. So research doesn't work like that. You know, it just, you know, it's not as convenient uh, to, you know, what, so what we do at the beginning is something I, I come in and I, you know, we have 40 minute classes, sometimes double classes. And certainly at the initial period, I can, I, over maybe, a, I don't know, maybe eight weeks, you know, we each week we go through statistical principles. We, we then get the students to do a mini project in their own environment. They bring back data. We apply those data, the statistics to those data. Um, and, and, you know, that's, a, that's if you like, the, the formal part. But after that, it starts unraveling a little bit because that's what research does. So you have a load of data and then we've got to try and analyze these data and the analysis doesn't work necessarily. So we've got to look at how we've got to change things and I come in and we try and work through it. So after that, it gets a little bit more haphazard. But in total, in total, I would say that throughout the year in the classroom, we probably maybe have about, I don't know, between, you know, 12 and 20 sessions I, I you know Brooke may have a better handle on that um but then they come down to the University of Sydney and they meet some of the researchers down there the PhD students the postdocs and they hear their presentations and so on so that's another series of activities and then they go overseas if they if that's possible obviously this year it's, it's going to be really hard to be able to do that but they go overseas and then they gather data they gather data towards the end of the year and then they take those data and they pass them on to the next group of students. So there's, if you like, a little mentoring going on here as well, that they're actually creating these data that they hand on to their, to their um, next year students because they receive the data from their previous years of students, if you like. So there's a lag, if you like. So in a way, the, um, the, the classroom is one part of it, but it's much more than that. I, th I think this is just a wonderful thing, as I said, once you've got people in the school, leaders in the school like Brooke and like Dr. Puslednik who are willing to take charge of this, because it will take time. It doesn't, it's not just something that happens easily. It takes time, it takes organizing. You can imagine organizing children going to Hanoi, and this isn't just to look at um, cathedrals. This is to embed themselves with busy clinicians to do a research project that will go wrong you know the thing will go wrong. they experiments always go wrong. but then they've got to try and work out a solution you know that takes a lot of effort and time so once you've got the champion within the school um this this can this can work uh, really well and i think it's it's such a win-win for from the university's perspective but also from from the schools that was patrick brennan there now i'm going to take you to brooke collie who's going to speak more about the teacher and the student experience of this project You'll hear Brooke further discuss the data students were working on during this project, which related to breast cancer research, and how much learning she did throughout this time. Let's hear from her now. I did a Bachelor of Applied Science in Human Movement Studies, and I'm actually head of PDHPE at our school. And um, Lou, one, one year the syllabuses were changing with... Um, introduction of investigating science, extension sciences were happening in New South Wales. Um, Lou had sort of implemented this program on a smaller scale with Patrick um, uh, for a year or so. And then we, 
Lou came up with the idea of possibly embedding this into the curriculum of in investigating science as an opportunity um, where you can apply the working scientific skills within that syllabus in a real world environment. And obviously the link was already there with Patrick. Um, it was just like a perfect mix. I'd never taught stage six science at that time. Um, and those students were invited um, to be involved with that program at that time and with the link with the University of Sydney. It hasn't run like that every year. We just trialled it at that time. The data that Lou's, experiment, uh, Lou's paper is based on that cohort of students. Yeah, great. And so I'm interested then from your perspective, the lessons that were team taught with a university acted academic, what was your experience like with that? Um, I'm a PDHB teacher, so we work together a lot. Yeah. Um, in, we're very collaborative, so it's natural that you just give and take with the person. Um, some people are better at some things than others and you complement each other with that. And I think because of the personalities of the group, you recognise people's strengths and you go to that. Um, so the opportunity to travel overseas um, for, the, for the students and being able to be in that environment, um, I suppose for the, for the students, um, like you need certain people around in that sort of setting as well. Like it's, yeah, I probably, I can, I'm probably better at that sort of stuff than the technical science stuff like Patrick would be. <laughs> um, initially, like I did probably statistics 101 when I was at university 20 years ago. Um, so in the first stages, like I was learning as well. So I would, be in the lecture, like I was a student in the lecture. And then when, cause Patrick would, would teach us and then we would go on and continue to do the work in the classroom. Um, so it wasn't like only done when Patrick was there. So I sort of had to upskill myself in the things that I previously ha hadn't done. So it was an amazing opportunity for me. Um, and the other thing that impresses me with the program, how Lou has approached the program, that um, she's invited different teachers into the program to upskill and build capacity across different teachers. So I'm not the only one um, who has benefited from this experience. Great. And so I'm interested as well in what the students' experience was with all of this. I mean, surely it's something that they haven't quite experienced before having a university act academic come into the classroom and, as Patrick was saying, have something that seems so embedded and long-term. So what have you had any feedback from students or did you notice if it enhanced their learning at all? It's life-changing for these kids, this experience. I think in some ways their view of the world is quite limited and being involved with these sort of experiences and what they can do opens up to so many different things. So the research skills that they gain from looking at the breast cancer research is like the starting point of what these kids could do in the future. They're amazing students with highly intelligent, very inquisitive um, and the world's at their feet. And I think they can see, they can research any field of interest now. They've got the basic skills, be excellent at anything. Yeah. Yeah, and so I noticed as well in the paper that it said the classroom teacher was able to support this particular type of learning through the implementation of an adaptive science curriculum. So how did you go about doing that? At the beginning of the year, um, we sat down and developed like a schedule of timeline of events of things that we wanted to achieve by certain times. And then with that, um, 
and assignments were based around aspects of the task. So um, we developed, like for example, their first assessment task was a, a data analysis task where they're applying, applying their skills. And then from there, we would build on that sort of not knowledge. The stage six working scientifically skills perfectly match in with this. So in terms of they have to write a research, do a research project at some point. So this like at the end of end of the year. So the students could have chosen to research this topic on top of that, or they could have gone further into something else um, as part of that curriculum at that point in time. So it it it's just the real world application of it and the working scientifically skills, just mapping it out just took a little bit of time but we could do, do it quite easily in the end yeah and so just finally then do you have any words of advice for from a school perspective for teachers wanting to kickstart a similar project in their school setting the big thing is relationships having relationships with um with your principal within your school because if you don't have that on board first and a strong relationship with them to see the value of innovative curriculum to out out of the box real world application of learning it's never going to work so you have to get some key stakeholders in the school online um, first and it's seeking people within your community who are have these skill sets like there are parents um, community members who have amazing skill sets that you could easily access. We were lucky, very lucky that Patrick was a member of the school and had a great idea and that Lou was in the school at the time to, without those two coming up with this idea, because it was just an idea to start off with and just then making, um, putting the idea in the principal's head and he he loved it at that point in time. So he supported the program. And if, but if you don't have the support of the principal or the people doing the timetable, sometimes like it's harder to work through some of the intricacies of these sorts of programs. That's all for this episode. To access the full transcript for this podcast, head to teachermagazine.com.au. That's where you'll also find all of our articles, videos and infographics for free. While you're there, be sure to sign up to the Teacher Bulletin to have our new content delivered straight to your inbox.